Welcome to Bladder Buzz Beyond the Bladder, the podcast where doctors, researchers, and people with neurologic impairment discuss issues relevant to their lives. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Elizabeth Scriven, Adam Guerrero, and Amy Saffel to discuss mental health and wellness during the pandemic and upcoming holidays. And now, Beyond the Bladder. Right. So welcome everyone to this podcast. We're going to be talking today about living with spina bifida in the era of pandemic with COVID and the holidays and everything that all means. My name is Elizabeth Scriven. I'm a mental health therapist in the state of Washington, and I hold my degree in clinical psychology. Um, I will be helping to moderate a conversation between myself, Amy Saffel, and Adam Garrow, and I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Amy Saffel, and I am in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am the executive director of ABLE Youth, and we are an adaptive sports program for kids with physical disabilities, and I'm also an adult with spina bifida. Hi, my name is Adam Guerrero. I'm 28 years old. I'm an adult with spina bifida. Living in Northern California, I've been working with the Spina Bifida Association for quite some time now and got involved with this podcast that thought would be interesting. Love to share uh, some points and viewpoints. Wonderful. Welcome. And I should share that I am also an adult with spina bifida. So we all three have personal experience as well. I think that's great. So to kind of just preface, the holidays, as we all probably know, can be stressful regardless of what's going on around us. You have family dynamics, you have extra traffic, you have more people at the stores, you have the pressure of buying gifts when maybe you're on a tight budget um, and things like that. So we have all of that that we typically deal with already. And now we add pandemic on top of that. So we wanted to kind of talk today about that um, combination, things about loneliness, maybe some anxieties about getting or passing on COVID, how do we trust what information is out there and what we're taking in, and other issues. What kinds of questions do you guys have or have you heard other people ask about these things? I think that a lot of people are really sensing a lot of grief and a lot of loss Mm. already, even just big things that they've gone through throughout the year that maybe they're looking forward to that had to be put on hold. And then I think when you add in the holidays, a lot of families have big holiday traditions, whether that's getting together in a big group or going somewhere or parties or something like that. I think that a lot of people really, you know, are grieving those losses and know that that's coming up and are trying to handle it the best that they can. But that sense of grief has has been big. Oh, for sure. Adam, have you heard similar things? Yeah, I've heard uh, something very similar to what Amy just said. But also I was thinking about how some individuals might have been experiencing loneliness before the pandemic. And Mm. now it's affecting everyone. So they may have thought, oh, great, I can reach out to some individuals and maybe I can talk to them more. And it still isn't happening. So that can probably get someone down even more so. Well, and that in and of itself would be a sense of grief and loss, I, I would suppose. You're used to having friends and family around you, and, and now you can't do that anymore. That, that's got to bring a, a sense of sadness. Absolutely. I think that, you know, getting in the holidays is, is about togetherness for a lot of people. And, you know, when you can't have that, or maybe you can't have it like you are used to, you tend to grieve that loss. But then I think that there are people trying to come up with different ways to do things too. So do you guys know much about the cycle of grief? Mm, it's something I've heard before, but uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember all the uh, details of it. 
Okay. Well, let me like tell you a little bit about it because I think it really applies right now. So it's five stages. It starts with kind of denial. This idea that this isn't really happening, it can't really be true. I think we saw a lot of that early on in the pandemic when people were kind of going about life as normal, not wearing masks, maybe not following some of the other recommendations. And then it goes from there to the this kind of anger, the why is this happening? Like a real sense of like frustration and annoyance, the sense of it's not fair. Back to kind of maybe a bargaining stage where we're wondering like, if I do this, then can I do this? Or if I could have done this differently, then maybe this would have turned out differently. To a, Then a sense of depression, that it's just sad and what's the point of doing it anyway? I miss life the way it used to be. And then we get to move into acceptance. One of the things to kind of keep in mind with this cycle is that it's not, you don't necessarily do all the steps. What I've been hearing a lot of people talk about now is like what you guys are saying, this depression, grief as well as the anger and kind of going back and forth with that. And that's all a normal part of the process to get to a point of acceptance. I talked to, to somebody recently and I think she had a really good outlook. She was thinking, you know, all of her family members were not understanding why she was not ready to come to a big gathering. And she, you know, really thought she was higher risk and just really didn't want to do that. And one of her bigger points was that I think she really understood that this situation that we're in won't last forever. It's okay to miss out on being together this year because there are brighter days ahead and to miss out on something this year really means that she can get through it more healthy herself and that there's you know better things to come. Sure. Absolutely. I think talking about it is huge because we are all in this together. I know we're all isolated and staying home too, but we're all experiencing that. So some tips and tricks that I I know I recommend to clients all the time is find new and novel ways to stay in touch. New and novel isn't necessarily video chatting anymore. We've been doing that for a while. But maybe you video chat and you all eat dinner at the same time or you all watch the same movie while you're on video chat. So you can kind of virtually watch a movie together. Maybe it's doing like a book club kind of thing where you're all reading the same book or cooking together in your own kitchens but cooking the same recipe finding ways to connect through similar or the same activities done at the same time. Um, Another really good one, it's kind of going back to way back when you needed a postage stamp and actually writing letters or cards to each other. That's that little extra personal touch that lets each other know that you're thinking about each other. Are there other things that Adam, that that you do or Amy, that you do to kind of stay in touch? For me, um, it's a lot of those things that you just suggested. But I think a good balance, too, would be to find ways to uh, entertain yourself, be comfortable with yourself, finding hobbies, uh, video games, uh, a puzzle you can do on your own. Just these little hobbies and interests that will keep your mind focused. Uh, Maybe you can explore something that you've wanted to for a while but haven't had the time. Well, now's the time to do it. I know for me, myself, I love to sing and people are like, oh, you're kind of good at it. So I've been practicing that while I'm alone. Something that gets me, you know, smiling a bit. Awesome. What about you, Amy? What kinds of things are you into to keep you busy and connected? So something that is actually a brand new idea to me that I just heard about the other day is I think that different software developers have been really good about doing games online that everybody can get a group together and do games with. But I, so I had heard about that, but I actually didn't know there's even escape rooms 
that you can do as a group together. You know, I think some people have done escape rooms where they're solving clues to get out of a room. But one thing I think that it's even that makes it even better about it is sometimes those escape rooms aren't very physically accessible. And so if you're a wheelchair user or use a walker or crutches, that even this virtual escape room might even be even more fun and more doable for you than something else would have been. And you can still do it with your friends. That's a great point. That, I love that. So there's a lot of activities that us as wheelchair users or crutches users or you know, other adaptive devices have a difficult time doing. But if it's done virtually, those environmental barriers are removed. That's a great point. I love that. Uh, you know, and uh, in terms of what Adam was saying about doing things by yourself, or even just with maybe one other person, is that being active for me is so important. I'm part of a running group, and I have one friend that we go running together. It's outside. We're socially distanced, and something that you know we, as long as it's not torrentially raining or anything, we mm-hmm. do very often. And getting outside has been really important to me and staying active is is generally important as well. So for me, just staying active and doing those kind of physical things has been important to me. I've also been a part of several different videos that are Zoom-led that are workout classes. And so it's been really great to be able to be uh, part of those as well. Awesome. So yeah, you know, one of the or two of the top ways of getting um, your mood kind of in check during a pandemic is getting outside every day and exercising for at least 30 minutes. And exercise is great because not only does it get you out, it gets you moving, um, gets your blood flowing, your oxygen flowing, it releases endorphins. And endorphins are a chemical that your brain makes that makes you feel good. So think about when you're eating your favorite food or hanging out with your favorite person, that sense of happiness comes from endorphins and exercise is a great way to release those. You know, another thing I think about, especially during the holidays, um, and especially during Thanksgiving, is the idea of being grateful and being thankful. Our mind has this mechanism called a mental filter. And if you are looking for the things that are sad or depressing or scary, guess what you're going to see? You're going to see those things that you find scary or depressing or sad. But if you're looking around for the things that you're thankful about and that you're grateful for, guess what you're going to find? You're going to be more apt to find those, those things that make you feel good. So that's something to keep in mind too, is looking for the positive things that are going on and focusing on those. Do you guys keep any kind of a gratitude list or kind of reflect on what you're grateful for on a regular basis? I do. And I think it helps so much just to remember even the really small things that something that you might not think is is really huge really did mean a lot to you. And so I do try to think about all the things that I'm grateful for and I find that really helpful. Yeah, and see, for me, I'm a, I'm not one who really celebrates the holidays, so I try to be thankful, you know, year-round, and just keeping a simple life, focusing on what I need, not what I want. You know, every once in a while, I might spoil myself with something, but I'm appreciative of everything I have, and I just try to carry the attitude with me at all times. Awesome. So uh, tell me, Adam, how do you know what you need versus what you want? <laughs> Food, shelter running water is just the the basic necessities you know do, am i able to feed myself you know have my breakfast lunch and dinner i get grocery shopping done do i have lights in my apartment to you know see everything and you know maybe i could watch tv it's just you know the basic needs so things above and beyond that like 
being able to Uber Eats or get a Starbucks latte, those would be wants? I would say so, yes. Okay. So being thankful that we have what we need, but being okay with we might not always have what we want. Right. Good, good advice to live by. You know, one of the things I kind of want to point out, and Adam, you mentioned this in one of our pre-sessions, is that these things that we're talking about are wonderful skills regardless of a pandemic, regardless of the holiday. If you struggle with low mood or kind of find yourself down a lot, some of these tips will work great no matter what's going on. Yep. And I I love that point you made about um, exercise. Yeah, that is something that definitely can keep your, your mood going. And for me, that was a hard hit with the gyms closing down. I've had to work out at home and, you know, I don't have all the equipment. I have a couple of dumbbells, maybe some, uh, some bands to use for resistance and that's it. Is that as much as I used to do? No, but it's just enough for me to maintain healthy and keep that mood going, being in a, a happy state of mind. That's great. Yeah, it's been hard, but there are things you can do at home. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So another really great tip is to keep a good regular routine. Routines tend to go out the window sometimes on weekends or vacations. And if you're staying home a lot now or working from home, making sure that you're getting up at the same time every day, about going to bed about the same time every night, taking care of your hygiene, that you're showering regularly, brushing your teeth, and getting dressed in clothes. And not just like a clean set of sweatpants, But the clothes that you would go out in if you were going out, it's okay to dress a little more casually if you usually wear slacks and a blazer to work, but making sure that you're presentable, that will go a long way in making you feel good too. I I definitely would agree with that. And for me, honestly, even if it's leisure wear and it's my workout clothes, if it's, as long as it's like something I feel cute in, then that's Okay. Something I, you know, I've done too that I thought was helpful is sometimes I still use a little bit of perfume. I might be the only one I'm seeing that day physically, but for me, that just sets the mood, like you're saying, of that I got up and I got dressed and really, you know, at least put in some kind of effort to make me presentable for the day. Oh, absolutely. What are you guys doing about um, meals right now? Are you eating on a schedule or has your schedule gotten all topsy-turvy? My schedule has gotten a little out of hand. Like I said before, I was going to the gym, so I was making sure I was eating correctly. And with this pandemic, it kind of got off trail. But lately, I'm just making sure that I'm cooking at home as much as possible, Mm -hmm. making breakfast, making myself lunch, and then getting a healthy dinner in. How do you guys remember to do those things you might forget to do? I really tried to stay on the same schedule I was on before that I do think having that routine is a really big. And so I think if I just can just keep that routine and know, okay, maybe I don't have the same meetings or things that I have to do, but for me, it just makes me feel better. It makes me remember things more if I can stick to that routine. Totally. Um, for me, it, it helps with uh, my roommate sometimes it's like, Oh, you know, we haven't uh, had this sort of meal in a while. You know, do you feel like cooking that? You know, just a reminder for my roommate, or I look back onto some of my uh, old videos and posts of how I used to look, how I used to eat. And it's like, you know what? I need to get back on track with that. Okay. So you're like finding some internal motivation and you guys are keeping yourself going. You're using some accountability partners and friends or roommates. Um, Another great way to kind of keep yourself accountable is putting your schedule in your smart device. Most of us have 
cell phones that we carry around, you could put your schedule in your calendar app or in the reminder app so that you get a little alarms that go off throughout a day that tell you, oh yeah, now's my exercise time or, oh yeah, right now it's lunch time. And that can be really helpful, especially if you like maybe get sucked into your video game in the morning and then don't get peeled away from it until later. Um, having those kinds of reminders can be really helpful. So in preparing for this, I know we got a couple questions from the Facebook community and other online communities about spina bifida, the holidays and pandemic. One of them was around um, non-disabled people in your family or your social circle, not understanding why you don't want to do anything um, for the holidays this year. How should we respond to that, you guys? I think just remembering that, you know, you're in control of your own body and your own health, and it's okay to, you know, your beliefs and, you know, your convictions that, you know, I'm really not, I don't feel safe going to other people's houses this year. You know, I'm willing to do a Zoom. I'm willing to join you that way. But I think for some people, the anxiety of going to those things and not feeling like you're going to be safe just isn't worth it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. if if you're going to be really nervous there and you're going to think, oh, no, I got the virus. I'm going to get it. And, you know, that feeling lingers for days. I think, you know, you're right in knowing yourself and knowing that you this is probably not the best environment for you. So, you know, I think it's totally fine to try to come to some kind of compromise with your family of I'd like to join you, but not in a certain and not in a in a up close in person way. And like I was saying before, this is the person that really I think recognized that this is not forever. This is just a this year decision. Mm-hmm. And you know, hopefully next year because we took the right precautions, we'll all be able to be, you know, back together next year. Now, what if you hold a different perspective on safety in the pandemic than your family or friends? Maybe you wear the face mask all the time. Maybe you try to stay home, but maybe your family or friend that you're wants you to come over isn't practicing that quite the same way. I think it's okay not to feel pressured to conform to whatever their standards are. You know, I think it's fine to wear your face mask, even if they're not, but I also think it's okay to just to not go or to um, stay for a short time, you know, make your greeting and then leave if you don't, you know, feel safe and mm-hmm. just explain that you, you know, really been practicing distancing and, you know, you're not comfortable, but you really wanted to, you know, say hello and greet them for the holidays and, you know, and be okay, you know, going back home and, and being by yourself or being with other people virtually. Yeah, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about learning to be okay with being alone. And, you know, Amy just made some great points. And also, we have to remember, your friends and family want to see you just as much as you want to see them. So as long as you explain it in a way of like, look, I really miss you guys. I want to see you. I love you. But for me, I am not comfortable doing this. Uh, please mm-hmm. you know, respect my boundaries. Please respect my personal decisions to not be out here and, you know, running the risk of catching COVID. Well, and that's something that's in your control. You can control where you go or whether or not you wear a mask. And right now there's a lot in the world that feels a bit out of control or a lot out of control. And being able to kind of focus on what you can control, which is you and your home and what you activities you choose to do or not do. And that in itself is empowering and can feel good. So how, how often do you guys watch the news or get on social media and look at news feeds? 
<laughs> I avoid that at all costs. <laughs> Why do you avoid it, Adam? It just, it can get pretty depressing for me. You know, I, I keep up to date. It's like, okay, what has been the regulations for my area? But constantly watching the news, no. I just look out for key things, but always watching. And if that's everything on my feed, like, eh, I can't watch this too often because then I'm going to get down. I like that approach. You're very right. It's really easy to get sucked in to social media right now and to the news and to following it, all the numbers all the time. But if that's stressful to you, if that makes you feel unhealthy or makes you feel scared or makes you feel like you need to crawl into a cave and just never like wake up until this is over, that's probably an unhealthy amount of news. You want to stay informed. You want to know what your state and what your county is recommending. You might want to know what other things are going on in your community. But kind of taking that news break, maybe spending 20 minutes a day with the news spread over, you know, a couple 10 minute chunks rather than for hours and hours at a time. That's a great tip for right now. Yeah, I like to, I usually will watch just a little bit of the news in the morning and a little bit at night, mostly just to get the headlines. I like to get the weather for the current day and the next day. And for me, that's about all um, I feel like I need. I do have to be on social media for my job and things. And so I've really learned who to just glance, uh, whose post is to glance over and when does this keep right on scrolling? You know, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of posts that you, you might not know where it came from. And it's okay to just glance over that and not really read it and really stick to your really official news and area, you know, postings and just alerts. Is it ever okay to turn off your alerts or to unfollow someone who's posting stuff all the time that gets your anxiety up? Yep. I've done it myself. <laughs> Speak to somebody that that does it and and that's okay. Yeah, I think it goes back to Adam's point of knowing yourself and knowing where your boundary is with that. And that's super important. And control, knowing that's another thing that you have control over and so much that is not, not controllable these days. Good point. Absolutely. So the last question we got, you guys, was... Um, how do you get outside of your own head? I feel like the news, not following the news so much is so important to that because I feel like the more that you read news things, you know, it's like you said, it's helpful to a certain degree, but it comes to a point where you just keep thinking about it over and over. And so for me, that limiting my news exposure and then doing other things, once I'm engrossed in something else, whether it's work or working out or just another hobby that, you know, I kind of forget all about that. And I turn to enjoying whatever I'm doing. And so for me, avoiding media, at least for the most part, and then, um, you know, learning to do the other things that I enjoy and trying to get engrossed in those is something that's mm-hmm. So Amy, I think what you're talking about is being mindful in the moment, paying yeah. attention to right here and right now, instead of the things that could happen in the future or the bad things that have happened in the past. Right. Adam, what helps you get out of your head? Again, just doing things to uh, keep myself busy. You know, I'm a bit of a gamer. I I love fitness, working out. I try not to dwell on anything negative. You know, the point about the news is, okay, what do I need to know? I need to know uh, how long, you know, how safe is it out there? You know, what are the regulations in my county, in my states. Okay. So I, that tells me I can go shopping for groceries. I can be out for paying bills. Could I maybe go hang out a bit at, you know, say Barnes and Noble or a video game store that's open. Okay. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can't. 
So it's just keeping that balance to everything, doing these little things to keep myself smiling. Awesome. Sounds like a great plan. It sounds like it might be working for you. So a couple, I think, last little tidbits. If you're more curious about spina bifida and COVID and your risk, there's some resources on the Spina Bifida Association website that you can go and check out. You can also talk to your doctor about any concerns that you may have about your risk. In general, people that are healthy with spina bifida aren't necessarily at higher risk, but if you have underlying conditions or other things going on, you certainly could be. So please talk to your medical doctor about that. Also keeping in mind that if you're having issues with mood and and anxiety and you're worried all the time or you're feeling sad all the time, it is okay to ask for help. This is a time when enrollment in counseling programs has has grown exponentially because a lot of people are struggling. So please check out mental health resources are available in your community. A great place to start is your doctor or your insurance. And most of these therapists are also doing telehealth right now or doing a combination of in-person and telehealth, which means you could do phone sessions or video chat sessions without leaving your home. Other thoughts, questions, or comments before we close out today, Adam or Amy? I think just knowing and keeping in mind that, you know, this has been difficult for everyone. You know, you're not alone in feeling that this has been difficult. And I think just knowing that lasting, I think, longer maybe than anybody originally anticipated, but we can all still get through this. You can talk to each other in different ways, phone, text, over Zoom, things like that. And that there are brighter days ahead. I definitely truly believe that and this won't last forever. And so just I think we can all know that we're all in this together, but one day we will be on the other side. That is a good note to end on. Thank you, Amy. And thank you, Adam, for your time tonight. And thank you to the Spina Bifida Association for getting this group together and helping produce this podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Stay healthy. Bladder Buzz is presented by the Rehabilitation Research and Training Center on Neurogenic Lower Urinary Tract Dysfunction. The information presented in this podcast does not express the views of the individual's employer or affiliated institutions. The content is for informational and reference purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, or as the sole source of guidance for decision-making. We advise you to always consult with a physician before making any healthcare decisions or for guidance about a specific medical condition. Thanks for listening. Come back soon.